right, our scripture this morning is from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Would you please stand <clears throat> for the reading of scripture? In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. <coughs> but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And may God add his richest blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we're thankful for your holy word. We're thankful that it is truth. And we pray that you would sanctify us by your word, which is truth. We pray that we would see our Savior, Jesus Christ, high and lifted up, that his sheep would hear his voice and know him and follow him in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. Jesus born of the Virgin Mary. We confess that we believe that Jesus Christ was conceived by the Holy Ghost and born to the Virgin Mary. Fifty years ago, even twenty years ago, you might have heard a sermon defending the virgin birth of Jesus there were those in the church at that time who sort of picked and chose what they would believe from Scripture. And a virgin birth was one of those things that many chose not to believe. But by this time, 2019, those who were headed down that path decades ago have largely abandoned the faith altogether. Even entire denominations have moved from abandoning a few doctrines here and there to abandoning the Christian faith altogether in any historically orthodox sense of the word Christianity. It ultimately comes down to whether you really believe in God. I remember 
as a child hearing a song that as a child I thought was too simple. Uh, but over the years I've come to appreciate how profound it is and I haven't heard the song since I was a child and I can only remember one line of the song. I expect there's one or two out there that might ring a bell but the song said this, I believe in miracles for I believe in God. It's really what it comes down to. Verse 37 in our text says it, nothing will be impossible with God. If you believe in God, you believe he could bring a child into the world from a virgin. So today, we will not so much defend the virgin birth as we will think about why it's so important that Christians have confessed it as an essential article of faith from the very beginning. Now, obviously, it is essential to Christianity that Jesus is God. He is fully God, God the Son. Jesus is both God and man, fully God and fully man in one person. And that one person is the second person of the blessed Holy Trinity, God the Son. Now, plain common sense would tell you that if a person is conceived in the normal way, human father, human mother, he's human. He's a human person. He's not God. It's arguable that a human mother and a human father on occasion may have produced a little devil, but not a God. But the text here in Luke focuses more on why the virgin birth is essential to Jesus' human nature. The angel Gabriel in this passage comes to Mary and tells her she will have a child, though she is a virgin, and the things he tells her about the boy she will have pertain to his human nature. So let's look at what Gabriel told Mary. Two brief points this morning. First, the virgin birth preserved Jesus from sin. Look at verse 35. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born <coughs> will be called Holy, the Son of God. Now we have seen, as we have studied Hebrews on the Lord's Day mornings for several months now, that Jesus was and is perfectly sinless. He could not have saved us if he had sinned. Sin is part of our nature as children of Adam. King David says, Surely I was born in sin, in sin did my mother conceive me. Now let me say, the act of conception is not sinful. It is sinful outside of marriage. 
but it's not sinful in itself. You know, the first command God gave to the human race, to Adam and Eve, would be fruitful and multiply. Well, how do you think they were supposed to do that? God commanded it. It's not sinful. But by original sin, we mean that when Adam sinned, his very nature became sinful. And it passes down to each of us. But we need a Savior who was made like us in every way, but without sin. And the virgin birth of Jesus Christ preserved him from sin. Our catechism says that all mankind descending from Adam by ordinary generation sinned with him and fell in him in his first transgression. In other words, we come from Adam, we're sinful. We inherit traits from our parents, some of which we're thankful to have, some of which we wish they hadn't passed them on to us. Some of it's nature, some of it's nurture, a lot of it's nature. We inherited the nature of Adam. But by his miraculous conception, the Lord Jesus Christ did not have a sinful nature. So the virgin birth preserved him from sin. It says in verse 35, he will be holy. He was not conceived in sin. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no sin in his conception. And secondly and finally, The virgin birth allows Jesus to be the Son of God. I repeat, the virgin birth allows Jesus to be the Son of God. Look at verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Now look at verse 35 again, the end of it. The child to be born will be called holy... The Son of God. Now we know that Jesus is the eternal Son of God who is in the bosom of the Father. He is fully God. God the Son, eternally the Son. But He is also the human Son of God. Now, look ahead a page or two to Luke chapter 3 man good to hear so many pages turning Luke chapter 3 beginning in verse 23 Luke gives us the genealogy of Jesus Christ he traces Jesus all the way back to Adam 
So it's a genealogy that works backwards from Adam back, from, from Jesus back to Adam, the first man. And look at how Adam is described in Luke 3.38. The son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Jesus is the son of God and he descended uh, by way of Mary from Joseph uh, by adoption and so on and all the way back to Adam who was the son of God. Adam was the son of God. Jesus is the son of God. Now, Adam was not God. He is not the eternally divine son like Jesus is, but Adam was the human son of God. And he failed to please his father. And so God sent a new Adam, a new son. You see, it is not only Adam's nature that passes down to us. His sinful nature. It is his guilt that is counted to us. Because not only is Adam our, rep our ancestor, he is also our representative who acted on our behalf. And so in the virgin birth, Almighty God broke in to a downward spiral of sin and guilt and corruption and degradation to bring a new son. Now if you had looked at Luke 3.38, which we just read and are still there, Read one more verse with me, 4.1, Luke 4.1, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil. Adam, the Son of God, was tempted Not 40 days we read of one time. Tempted not in the wilderness when he had fasted, but tempted in a garden where he had everything he could ever want and he failed. Now, the Son of God is led not in the garden but the wilderness. Not where he has an abundance, but where he has nothing. The devil, same devil that came to Adam in the garden, comes to Jesus in the wilderness. And where Adam failed, Jesus passed. God's son, Adam. God's son, Jesus. Adam failed. 
Jesus won. Adam sinned. Jesus died. Adam died. Jesus rose. Adam was kicked out of paradise. And at the end of Luke, Jesus promises a thief. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Genesis tells us that when God banished man's sinful Adam from his presence, he put two cherubim, two angels with flaming swords to keep man from coming back into his presence lest he should eat of the tree of life and live. Those cherubim were embroidered on the veil of the temple of the Holy of Holies that guarded the presence of God where man could not enter. And Luke tells us when Jesus died, the veil of the temple was rent, was torn in two. Because where the first Adam carried us out, the second Adam carries us in. And so we may be with him in paradise because by the miracle of the virgin birth, Jesus Christ, conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, and thus he was and is the Son, the perfect, obedient, victorious Son of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.